Hello and welcome to episode 44, 45, not too sure, we'll fix it if we have to, of talking it's about It's 99. My... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 99, we skipped the last 50 episodes, people. There you yes. go. <laughs> uh, this is Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, Welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, I do have my co-host, Eva, back, and Mike TFG1Mike is joining us again. Uh, yep. We are going to talk about one of our favorite movies here. Uh, this one here, basically, I, I, I gotta say that I love the film so much that on my last day, when I was working at Cox Communications, I played the song, Take This J-O-B and Shove It. Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. As I was walking out the door, I was playing I my smartphone. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what <sighs> what movie are we talking about, folks? We're going to be talking about uh, Mike Judge's space. Office Space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Podcast load letter. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what were your guys' takes on this film? I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. I hadn't yeah. seen it since, I think, when did it come out? 90... 99. 99. And I remember seeing yeah. it in the theater, and then I haven't seen it since. So it just, and I remember just, you know, cracking up, seeing it in the theater, but then revisiting it 15 years later, it just, oh my gosh, I laughed through every scene. The very first scene where he's in the car, you know, and oh. the old man is hobbling by faster than him. And it just, like, it reminded me, actually, of living in California and driving through San Diego and L.A., going through one lane. You see the other lane, you know, cars are moving, so you try to get over, and then it stops. And then, you know, that whole bullshit of trying to go through lane and, you know, go back and forth, it just, it made me crack up. I was oh. just like, oh, yes. Yeah, oh, and yeah. what I love is you always have some asshole who goes on the shoulder or something and then cuts in at the last possible second. Second, yes. screwing you guys just, over. Oh, yeah. I laughed my ass off. I was like, oh, yes, I remember that commute driving to work, living in San Diego. Oh, yes. But just the whole, like, the whole vibe of the movie and his facial expressions just cracked me up. And everything was so tongue-in-cheek and just, it, it rolled right off of him. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And it just, you know, the, the entire movie, he just did not give a fuck. And it was so funny how he portrayed it and like you were saying off air that's kind of like how you were <laughs> working oh, yeah. at Cox yeah. it, <laughs> I've never had a job because I've you know primarily been a teacher so I've never really had that kind of feeling about my job there were days where I just was like okay I don't fucking want to be here but you know when you're around kids you can't really express that you know yeah. uh, but I can relate certainly to you know, th th that kind of work and the monotony and dealing with the bullshit and the people and it just all the different personalities that were there in the office. Just, oh, yeah, it was so stereotypical. <laughs> it just cracked me up. I, I think that was the big thing that caught me for this film is is being that I've worked in an office environment uh, for probably God last 15 years mm -hmm. uh it, it's you know and, and even then being in a call center environment you start seeing i started off at sbc went to blizzard entertainment and then from blizzard went to cox all doing call center type stuff mm -hmm. in each company we had specific types of people and it was scary because i could look and go 
holy shit, that's just like the old guy Victor that was at SBC. Oh, yeah. shit, he's just like, you know, he's just like Rich. Oh, my mm. God, oh, my God. And I start looking and comparing all these different people, and yeah. I'm going, oh, shit, every office has a certain type. Where do mm -hmm. I fall? Mm-hmm, and I, I think the movie really captured that, just the different personas and the personalities and just <laughs> never having worked in that kind of environment. I've known, like you, I've known lots of people that have, and it's kind of the same story, and it just, oh, it was just too funny. It, <laughs> I think I laughed pretty much in every scene. Oh, yeah. And, and the funny great. thing is, Doug mentioned it's, you know, off and on he's worked in call centers and stuff for the last 15 years. We are recording this on the actual date of the 15th anniversary of this film's release. <gasps> no oh, way. Shit. No way. February 19th, 1999. Oh, oh awesome. damn. I can't believe we we got that. That couldn't be yes. any better. <laughs> yes. We were going to do that a couple of weeks ago. We were going to do this app. So, oh, that's awesome. Yes. Very cool. So, yeah, I remember seeing it in the theater. So that's, wow. Part of me kind of feels old right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's been 15 years, but yeah, it was really funny to go back because I hadn't seen it, you know, since I'd seen it in the theater and it was just, it was experiencing it all over again. I remember the flair oh, and yeah. I remember, and I remembered Lumberg, you know, carrying the coffee mug in every single scene. Other than that, <laughs> I didn't really remember the plot or anything else, but I remember those things and it was just, it was so funny to go back. Such um, a great movie. Well, and this thing was just, it was such a... It was basically, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was kind of a movie about nothing to, to yeah. some extent. Although, yeah. you know, you had them trying to steal the money, which we'll get into the plot here in a minute. But it was just it was, the way it was, the way that everything fit together with everybody having unique characters. And just it wasn't like um, like huge names at the time, really. No, even. not at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the biggest name that they had was Jennifer Aniston. And even then, she really wasn't that big at the time that this had come out, she was still just kind of starting friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I can't remember seeing any of the other characters in anything else. Well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been things. I mean, Gary Cole, for example. Which oh, Gary Cole, about, yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah, uh, been a lot. But the, the thing about this for me was that I never got a chance to see this thing in the movie theaters. Oh. Uh, the first time I actually saw the film was on Comedy Central. And so, of course, it was edited all to hell. And I'm like, yes. I'm missing stuff. I got to mm -hmm. see this movie, you know, all the way through. Yeah. You know, especially since I'm watching it and there's a scene, you want your flair? Here's your flair. And they blurred out stuff. So I was like, yeah. God damn it. So I sat down. I went to, at the time, Blockbuster Video was still open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Went down and rented the film and said, I'm going to sit down and watch this to see what I'm missing. Yeah. And I realized at that point, oh, shit, there's a lot of stuff that I was missing in this film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like to watch movies that I know are going to be crude. I don't like watching movies on the you know, on cable because you know you're going to miss just the best stuff. And it's, oh. yeah, you have to experience it and it's, you know realness and entirety oh yeah um, yeah you do but at the same time <laughs> it, it, well at the same time i mean cable gave us you'd be kind of, hey mr falcon i mean yeah, that's yeah. that's just yeah. i mean that's just a yeah. and sometimes they don't even like nowadays they're not that creative anymore uh, they, no. they usually just beep bleep it or or or, or, or pixelate it out or yeah so you know. one of my favorites one of my absolute favorites was in liar liar there's a scene where the guy is talking about 
screwing over. He's talking about screwing Jennifer Tilly's character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's like, and the the edited, you know, the unedited version is, all right, you want me to say it? I fucked her brains out. Mm-hmm. The made-for-TV version, it shows when he's there and he's getting all passionate. He goes, okay, well, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Fine. I kissed her brains out. Uh, yeah, that's just not. Uh, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, it don't work. Yeah. <sighs> but I, you know, I got to say, I really love this. The fact that originally it was supposed to be built off of Mike Judge's Milton character that he developed for Liquid Metal Television. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I really kind of liked that and seeing Milton kind of show up there and just hearing him, yeah, I'm going to yeah. bring the face down, you know. Yeah. And I have to ask, not to interrupt, but I have to ask, what was his deal? Was he just weird or was there something mentally wrong with him? I mean, I don't know. I was asking Daniel. I was like, okay, what's with this dude? And he's like, he's just, he's just creepy. And I'm like, but... I, I don't know. I again, I tend to overthink and look too much into stuff, and I don't know. Try to find deeper meaning in movies. It's stupid. Okay, I, I, I was like, is he? I was like, what's wrong with him? It just. I don't know. Every office has one. Okay. Every office has one. Okay. It just. I'm thinking to myself, how could he not realize he hasn't been paid? He doesn't work there. You know. I, I just. Yeah, I thought, is he retarded? What's going on with this character? I, and aside, you know, creepiness factor aside, I was just like, doesn't he realize he doesn't work there? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll <sighs> give an example. I there was at my last job, Cox. There was a woman, and I, I have no idea what her name was. So you know, I mean, going out and going on a limb to describe her, mm-hmm. she would just like she'd start talking to you just out of the blue, like. She'd start in the middle of a conversation, mm-hmm. and you'd be sitting there, and you'd be looking at her. And she'd, she'd have her headset on, so you'd think that maybe she was talking to somebody else. Yeah. And then she'd start looking straight at you and go, don't you get what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. What? What are you talking about? Like, and and yeah. she kind of mumbled like, like Milton did, so I'm like, shit, she's Milton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every office mm-hmm. has one, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, it just, I felt sorry for him, and I felt, you know, it was like, it was the creepiness, but it was also just like, oh, I feel really sorry, especially when, like, the scene with uh, Lumberg's birthday cake, and he doesn't get a piece. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, mm. poor guy, he doesn't get a piece, you know, but then I'm thinking to myself, okay, all these clues are adding up, and he's just not getting it. He doesn't freaking work there, you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, this poor man, you know? Of course, he gets his comeuppance at the end, which is kind of cool. But it just the entire movie. I'm just like this poor, poor man. But yeah, it just it, it worked really well. The actor who portrayed him did an excellent job. Um, Stephen Root was oh, absolutely yeah. oh, amazing. he did an excellent yes. job. I love the mumbling and just the shuffling and the just the creepy. It, that's the only way I can describe him. Just weird and creepy. And well, he did it great. Let's kind of dive into the cast here a little bit, so we can kind of talk about them before we really get into the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start off here, we kind of have Ron Livingston, who was Peter Gibbons. Uh, Ron's been around a little bit. I, I remember seeing him in Band of Brothers on HBO. Uh, he was also on The Practice, Sex in the City. Uh, he was on a short-lived TV show from NBC called Defying Gravity. Uh, I vaguely remember that. Okay. And then he also showed up on Boardwalk Empire. Hmm. So he's he's kind of made his rounds. Uh not too big a name for me, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, 
yeah, Ron's yeah. Ron's been around. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, who played Joanna, uh, who ended up becoming Ron's girlfriend. Uh, gee, let me see. Yeah, What's the big right. one? Oh, yeah, Friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, she was also shown uh, – she also showed up in Object of My Affection, which was – God awful movie. Don't even bother seeing. I it. never thought. Yep. Yeah, She's no. been in a lot of awful movies. Um, yeah, yeah. She really has. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the one that she was just in with? Um, oh god, she was she was playing a stripper, and they were like meet oh, meet the Millers. I, think I it never was. saw that, but I know which one you're talking. Oh about. Yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. We, we we are the Millers. That's, That's what it. it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to see that, but I don't know. It's, I heard that she has got a banging bot in that, but that's not why I want to see it. I was just, <laughs> it was more curiosity than anything else because, yeah, I've seen several movies of hers and they were just kind of like, she's so talented, but these roles are just not, yeah, that they're just below caliber for, for her. It's just like, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she's had stuff like Along Came Polly, which she starred yeah. next to Ben Stiller. And it's kind of like, hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, and, and of course, I remember her from the TV series Ferris Bueller. Oh with, yeah, um, I, I never Charlie saw Schlatter. that. Wow. Yeah, it was very short lived. I think it lasted maybe thirteen episodes, if that. Did she play his sister? Um, you know, I want to say that she did. Yeah. I, 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 it was either her or Amy Dolan's that played her sister. I can't oh, wow. for life of me remember. So. Mhm. Uh, and then of course we have to mention her cult classic startup uh leprechaun <laughs> yes uh, i never saw that yeah uh, uh, warwick davis and her warwick davis being leprechaun running around uh-huh. it was interesting uh, yeah. not great but not bad either now, this was before friends this was oh yeah well, oh yeah this is way before friends oh, okay okay yeah. leprechaun hmm. is 93 yeah oh wow okay so uh, moving down the list, as uh, Mike mentioned earlier, Stephen Root, who plays mm-hmm. as Milton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I love Stephen Root. He's he is one of the epitome of voiced actors as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. you start you don't realize how much he's done. Uh, you know, he he was uh, let me see. He was on King of the Hill as Bill Dotrieve and Buck Strickland. Uh-huh. Uh, he was Chode on Tripping the Rift. Uh-huh. Uh, he played Killer Croc, Penguin, and Woozy Winks in Batman the Brave and the Bold. Oh, wow. Uh, Bud Gleeful on Gravity Falls. Uh-huh. Uh, Mildew on Dragons, Riders of Burke. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he's shown up in News Radio, L.A. Law. Uh, uh-huh. One of my favorite uh, Mike Judge movies, Idiocracy. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's... Stephen Root has had his he's had his rounds here. He I uh the last thing I remember seeing him in on TV uh was like I want to say the first or second season of True Blood. Uh mm-hmm. he was he was a vampire that was giving blood out. Uh, oh wow. And he ended up dying like halfway through the first episode or or halfway through the first season or something like that. They staked him pretty quick. I'm curious what his actual voice sounds like. Because all uh, I know him from is Office Space. I'm kind of curious what he sounds like. I'll have to. If you watch news radio, you can probably mm-hmm. tell by that. Um, where is that episode? Yeah, he's he's kind of just like a. 
almost it's I don't want to say arrogant because he really isn't. Yeah. But it's kind of like this arrogant drawl, arrogant southern drawl almost. I was going to say, like. is he southern? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I just had that sense that maybe he was southern. Yeah. But, I mean, the man is incredibly talented. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next guy kind of surprised me because I, I saw the name and I didn't put two and two together until I started looking at IMDb and the cast lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Cole, who plays his Bill Lumber. Yes. Oh, he's done everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't realize how much he's so done. So much stuff. Oh, he's done so much stuff, yeah. Uh, Mike, you might know this, that he played uh, Mayor Fred Jones Sr. in Scooby-Doo Mystery, Inc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is the commissioner in Penguins of Madagascar. Uh, he played Andrew Klein on Entourage. Uh, oh, my God, I didn't realize this. Harvey Birdman in Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and then of course, this is where this is where it dawned on me. Once I saw this, that my mom had actually seen him uh, when we were up in Hollywood back mm-hmm. in '95. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Jack Nighthawk Killian on Midnight Caller. Now, mm-hmm. where we recognized him, where my mom saw him, we went. We actually went to uh, the El Capitan Theater in 1995 to go see. Uh, Toy Story when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there in the VIP section. We paid for tickets for VIP. We got popcorn and drinks and everything. They brought it to us, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then we happened to look down and my mom goes, oh my God, there's Gary Cole down. He's like three rows in front of us. She goes, I remember him. He's on Midnight Caller. Oh my God. You... And she's like getting all excited that she saw Gary Cole. She didn't say anything <laughs> to him, but she's like, it's Gary Cole. It's Gary Cole. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. there was our little brush with Gary Coles. So Very cool. <laughs> uh, now, next character, I, I love this guy. He was he was hilarious through the film, and I actually know a guy that I currently work with that uh-huh. is a lot like him in some ways. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is David oh. Herman, who plays as Michael Bolton. I love it. Okay. Now the reason I the reason I bring it up that he reminds me of him is because this guy his name is his real name is Anthony Bennett, mm-hmm. Tony Bennett. Yeah, and so this yeah. is the thing that flashed uh, through my head. He goes, he goes, oh yeah, you know I've actually used the name. He goes, I go by AJ because it's a lot easier. Uh-huh. But he goes, my name is Tony Bennett, and he goes, it works really well at getting reservations. <laughs> I'm like, hey, more power to you, dude. <laughs> That's right. I have to say, I loved in the beginning, you know, seeing him singing rap in his car in the yes. traffic jam. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. And and also, speaking of rap, was every song in the movie a rap song? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. That was something I, I posed a question at the end of my notes. I'm like, and it was all catchy. I liked it all. You know, but I was like, I wonder, yeah, if that was kind of the whole point, you know. It was just like... Well, yeah, he actually – Mike Judge actually wanted to have all the rap in there, and Fox got pissed off. They were like, no, we don't like, want you to have all this in here. It's too it's too gangsta, too violent. Uh-huh. And then they fed it to focus groups, and the focus groups are like, we love this. This is completely opposite of what exactly. you know, everybody what, normally is. Exactly, and that's what struck me is I'm like, this is has got to be deliberate because, yeah, just seeing him singing the rap, I was just like, oh, my God. This is too funny, and it just yeah, oh, yeah. It, it 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 perfectly went with the vibe. Yeah, I thought of the whole movie. Now, 
David Herman, uh, one of his earliest roles actually is playing Michael Bolton in Office Space. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's also been in Dude, Where's My Car? Oh, uh-huh. uh, He made an appearance on 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's shown up in a bunch of different video games and cartoons. Uh, oh, wow. Showed up, as Jack, showed up in Jack and Daxter, Invader Zim, Moral Oral, King of the Hill, Futurama, Brickleberry. Uh, latest thing that he was in was Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, again, getting, a bit. getting around there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, now the next guy, I, I'm probably going to well, David. D- David Herman has um, has also a, uh, a a mission from 1989. He starred with I don't know Star. It's his VA in a hospital, but he was in a Tom Cruise movie, Born on the Fourth of July. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh. I'll have to go back and watch it. I mean, it's, yeah. Oliver Stone is not one of my favorite directors, but you know, hey, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind going to see that one again. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Next guy, I, I, I'm probably going to butcher the name. <laughs> it's AJ. I believe it's AJ Nadu. Yes, I believe that's how it's pronounced. And of course, Samir Nagajinadar. <laughs> I, I don't gonna, know. Samir not going to work here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he. I, I really haven't seen him in too much. Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. Even looking in IMDb, there really wasn't a whole lot. Uh, he showed up in the god awful movie, The Love Guru, with uh, Justin Timberlake <laughs> uh-huh. and Mike Mike Myers. I'm glad I skipped that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a mailman in the movie Requiem for a Dream, and he was the medic in The Wrestler. Ah. Uh. So. You kind of kind of got a couple of roles here and there. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I think you might know who the next person is, and I know you kind of hate him, so... <laughs> it's... Oh, okay. It's not that I hate him. Per, I have nothing against the man, personally. I just think he's one of the worst people to ever voice Batman. Okay. Um, <laughs> 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 you got Diedrich Bader, who's first, according to Wikipedia, take that with a grain of salt, yeah. first ever role was Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 2, The Emissary Episode, uh, Tactical Crewman. Uh, so he he's also... <laughs> <laughs> One can only hope. Um, he was also in uh, Guess Who's Coming to Mary, uh, an episode of Fresh Prince, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, he was in 21 Jump Street. He was in Quantum Leap. He was in Beverly Hillbillies. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jethro. He he was Jethro in Beverly Hillbillies. He was Jethro in Jethreen. Oh, that's oh, wow. right. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, he was in a season two episode on Frasier. He was in okay. Mainly where people are gonna are are gonna recognize this guy from is the Drew Carey show as Oswald Lee Harvey. Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. And I just realized what a horrible, horrible, horrible joke that is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, now, oh, we, we can't forget him being in Napoleon Dynamite either. As, I like as, to forget that whole movie, but yeah. okay. He was I Rex it, doing Rex Quando with the flag, the American flag pants. Okay. God awful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, it's funny about. What's funny about Diedrich Bader and uh, one of the other characters, or one of the other um, actors in this, uh, is he? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Oh, who is the other one? There, there, there are two in this movie: Diedrich Bader and I believe, yeah, it was yeah, Gary Cole and Diedrich Bader. Mm-hmm. Both play the voice of Zeta. Yes, <laughs> Gary Cole is Zeta in Batman Beyond episode Zeta, and oh, then Diedrich wow. Bader would go on to voice him in the actual animated series, which is so. I can't believe you brought that up off air. I, I didn't even. I, I didn't even make the damn connection until now. <laughs> Well, good thing I did. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, yeah. He's he's got a huge body of work, and yeah. he was the Merrimack security guard in Jane's Hallenbaugh Strike Back. Yes, so that's oh, Kevin Smith connection. Yes. Uh, yeah. he was. I, I seeing here through my notes, he was Craven the Hunter in Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he—I I don't remember the character, but he was on an episode of Phineas and Ferb as Albert. Um, oh, oh, what? Oh no, is he? Um, I'm trying to. Th- oh no, I know, I, I know, I know who Albert is. Albert is, um, Albert is Irving's uh, older brother. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been a while since I've seen any of the episodes with Irving, and I'm like. I, I was thinking that that was who it was, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's he's gotten around. Uh, now, of course, we have one of the two Bobs, one of my <laughs> favorite guys, uh, John C. McGinley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's been in God knows how many things. I mean, he he pops he, up everywhere as one of these little yeah, utility characters. He does, yeah. Uh, you know, he was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen him do. Uh, he was in the movie Wild Hogs. Now, I got yes. drugged to see this movie. Yes, my husband loves it. Uh-huh. I didn't care too much for, you know, John Travolta and, and William H. Nope. Macy in that role. But, you know, John C. McGinley playing the gay sheriff that was trying yep. to get them all to skinny dip with him. <laughs> yep, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. That was, that was worth it there. That and uh, seeing the guy from Tenacious D, the bald-headed guy. I, uh, I can't like for life me remember what his name is. Yeah, uh, singing. Don't you wish your girlfriend was just like me from that movie? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and he's he's doing karaoke and he's sit, standing up there and he's singing it and he's doing the whole butt movements and he's like, just, oh, that, oh, it was that was like that made the movie for. for oh, me. it was great. That was the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, John C. McGinley's been in everything. A lot uh, of stuff. His, yeah. His most famous early role is 1986's Platoon. He was Sergeant yep. O'Neill. Oh. Uh, Wall yep. Street, uh, yep. Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, he was uh, uh, the Marine Captain Hendrix in The Rock, so he does do serious things. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow, I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, oh, he was and- in uh, Intensity uh, in 97. Uh, Nothing to Lose in 97. Let's see here. He's obviously for people on television that might know him. He was Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to make this reference for you, Mike, because I know how much you love Justice League. Uh, he apparently was the Adam or Ray Palmer on there. Yep, he oh. was. I have not seen any of the episodes of Justice League. Go ahead and flog me now for it. But I, I'm going <laughs> to get to it. I really do want to watch it. <laughs> so. Uh. I know, I know, I know. I, I've been watching Batman Beyond, so sue me. <laughs> okay, well, at least you're doing something productive. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
you know, seeing – and we'll have to cover that on another episode because I, I loved seeing old Bruce, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I have one other guy that I really want to mention uh, because it was – he kind of stuck out to me and, and I've always liked him as a comedian. Uh, this He only had a small part in this film. Uh, he was Orlando Jones. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, great. Uh, he's not so much of a big name actor per se. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not done a whole lot that you'd recognize him for on camera, but he has done a lot of writing. Uh, he oh. actually was one of the uh, comedy writers for Mad TV. Oh, wow. Uh, he also showed up as the hologram in uh, the Time Machine movie that they did back in early 2000s. 2002, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he was in... I, I I don't want to say it was a great movie because it was really kind of stupid, but mm-hmm. uh, he showed up with Julianne Moore, David Duchovny, and Sean William Scott in Evolution. Mm. Yeah. The best thing that he did was you see Sean, uh, Sean William Scott, and he's trying to make bird calls to get this, like, bat dinosaur type thing <laughs> to come towards him. And he's going, caca, tuki tuki, taka. And... Orlando Jones looks at him and he goes, I do not think that Kaka, Kaka, and Tuki Tuki will get this thing coming towards us. <laughs> <laughs> and he just does it right about like that. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> the greatest thing about this guy is he was in uh, the 2001 film Double Take with Eddie Griffin. Yes. <laughs> I love that movie. It's basically like the, they're switching roles. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do remember that. I mean, his his television stuff is is amazing. He was in, you know, not not only was he writing Mad TV, he was on Mad TV. He was yeah. one of the various cast members. Um, uh, Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. Uh, let's see, Men in Trees. Everybody hates Chris. Uh, Pushing Daisies. Wow. He was on House uh, for one at least one or two episodes. Yes, he was. Uh, he, uh, most recently, 2013 to now, he's uh, a series regular on Sleepy Hollow. He's Captain Frank Irving. So, Ooh, I have not yeah. seen that yet. It's oh, wow. pretty good. I can. I have this problem. Maybe this could be just a general. I, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna do like. I don't know if you have any plans to just do a general discussion episode on talking about my generation, but. I find myself with some of these TV shows that I can watch the first four or five episodes, but as soon as the network goes into, hey, we're not going to air this, and I'm not talking about holiday breaks. I'm talking about, hey, because this event is coming up, whether it's Olympics, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever, we're not going to show the show until six months down the line, three months down the line, whatever else. So half the time with certain TV shows, I just have to just step away from them and just yeah. wait for the DVDs to come out. I did watch the first seven or eight episodes of Sleepy Hollow. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Ah. It, it It's pretty damn good. I've heard it was pretty good, except Clancy yeah. Brown gets killed in like the first episode. But he does have a few flashback scenes in later episodes. Okay, well, that's good at least. I, I, I love Clancy <laughs> yeah. Brown, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so let's kind of jump in here a little bit about the plot for this film. Okay. Uh, this is, I, I don't know how else to say it. I swear that this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Let's just hope your wife isn't cheating on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's with Lumberg, yeah. okay, yeah, that's it. Uh, that reminds me of the scene where he's picturing Joanna and him together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's so the coffee wrong. mug and, oh, baby, oh, baby, holy yes. the coffee mug. <laughs> so wrong. So we start off here. We, we have Peter Gibbons, who's – he's a disgruntled programmer – programmer, excuse me, at Inatech, uh, which – I loved Inatech. They're just the whole concept of what it was. Everybody yeah. is standing around, you know, they've all got their little cubicles that they're in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but he basically just spends his days staring at his desk, doing a whole lot of nothing and really only actually probably doing a total of 15 minutes of actual real work every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, his coworkers include Samir Nagajinanar. I can't pronounce it. Sorry. Not going to work here anymore. Yeah. Uh, he's, and of course he's annoyed by the fact that nobody can pronounce his last name correctly. So, <laughs> Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Bolton, who gets, who, who always gets referenced to that horrible, famous singer who he hates. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, we do also have Milton Wadhams, uh, who is a meek fixated, uh, collator, who constantly mumbles to himself and Milton, obviously he's been laid off years earlier, but it was never actually caught due to an accounting glitch. And so he kept receiving a paycheck throughout the entire thing until the two Bobs decided to fix it. And the problem will just go away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, all of these characters, they're just completely mistreated by management. Uh, You know, you've got, (sighs) Oh, God, he just, yeah, Bill Lumberg, just <laughs> slimy. Um, Very much so. Everybody kind of has one of these guys in their office. For mm-hmm. me, it was one of my old bosses, and he would just kind of, like, walk up to your desk, and, and he would do this whole, like, shaggy walk. You know, mm-hmm. he'd walk like he'd walk <laughs> like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo up to your desk, and then he'd stand yeah. there, and he'd look at you. Yeah. And then he'd deliver bad news to you, like... You need to come with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to go talk to HR. Intimidation tactic, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of like, he he was this goofy asshole, you know? Mm-hmm. And That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it was kind of like that. He didn't ever carry the coffee cup, but he was pretty damn close to Bill Lumberg. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You know. So, like, to me, it's, I mean, he pulled it off so well, but it's so, like, obnoxious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course they have the two they have the two consultants who show up uh you know Bob Slidell and Bob Porter the two po- the two bobs uh mm-hmm. they're brought into the company to help with the downsizing and outsourcing of the company which oh god that's another thing outsourcing <laughs> uh-huh. don't get me started i'm sorry yeah uh peter has a girlfriend at the start named ann who wants him to go to this hypnotherapy session, which kind of kicks off his whole fuck you attitude for the company. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Of course, what happens is as he's trying to go in and he's trying to get slipped down into this hypnotherapy session, the doctor has a massive heart attack and dies before he can bring him out of it. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. You're so relaxed, Mm -hmm. deeply relaxed. (laughs) You're not thinking about your job. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, you know, he goes through and he's just kind of like, he gets up and leaves. You know, Peter just kind of gets up and leaves after the doctors died. 
And yeah. it's just, he kind of goes through life like, eh, yeah, mm-hmm. I have not a care in the world. It's just kind of like, whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, skips work because he's supposed to go into work on Saturday because Bill, you know, calls him and goes, um, don't know if you heard, but, you know, it is Saturday and, you know, you were supposed to start at nine o'clock and it's nine thirty and. You know, just I couldn't keeps... believe that how many times he called him. I was yeah. just like, really? This is another thing where I was like, this is so obnoxious. Calling him, what, 15 times and leaving voice messages. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it was just, it was, it was whole, all horrible. And, you know, Peter kind of just decides <laughs> he's going to, you know, he's going to play hooky and he goes, goes out to lunch. And I love that he goes to Chachki's. Yes. Which is, you know, if you've ever been to a Fridays, a TGI Fridays, it's basically a straight parody ripoff. Uh-huh. No way much. to no way to cut it. Yeah. You know, uh, he goes out to lunch and he sees Joanna, who's played by Jennifer Aniston, and says, you know, hey, you want to go to lunch with me? And, and she's like, um, you know, I, I really can't. We're not supposed to eat with the customers. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go over to the restaurant next door. And she's like, um. Fridays or flingers? <laughs> mm-hmm. That should tell you right there. There's way too many bar type restaurants like that that are obnoxious. <laughs> yep. Uh, they go out and she starts finding out that you know, oh, you really loathe idiotic management. You love kung fu, so you know they kind of hit it off and they have this whole little you know love story thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I love that when Peter finally does show up at work. He kind of just gives a finger to the company's dress code. He walks in in the yeah. line shirt and shorts and yes. you know, flip-flops. <laughs> uh, and he parks in Lumberg's reserved parking spot. That was great. You know, yep. And you see Lumberg whip in in his little Porsche and he parks in the handicapped spot. And then later his car is getting towed. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. That's awesome. He's like – he kind of just is like – you know what? I'm not going to let anything get to me anymore. And he walks oh. into his desk, takes down one of the cubicle walls, and just kind of lets it fall. And, you know, <laughs> that that was probably one of the best scenes to me was Bill Lumberg oh. walks up to him and it's like, um, so yeah, what are we going to do about this, Peter? Um, he goes, well, actually, I'm going to go into a meeting. You know, I'm really kind of busy. I'm going to go into a meeting with the two Bobs, and we're going to talk <laughs> about you. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh well we'll we'll uh we'll we'll get all this cleaned up for you then, Peter. Um <laughs> Yeah, he didn't know how to how to respond to that, which was great. You know, it was just like, oh, he finally stumped Lumberg and Lumberg was just like, uh okay, I can't control this guy. What the hell? But yeah. I love that too. He just yeah, he just did not give a flying fuck and it was it was great. Oh, I got a I got a flashback to before Doctor Swanson died because I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. Okay. I was trying to think of where I've seen the actor before, Michael McShane, and he's been in numerous amounts of of stuff, but I completely forgot he was Friar Tuck in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with Kevin Costner. Oh my God! What? Are you You're right. I... About the doctor. Doctor Swanson. Yes. Yep. Oh. <laughs> now that you've said that, it's like, crap. oh yes. <laughs> Holy 
Because I was, I was, I've been trying to since I ever first saw Office Space. Because I, I didn't see it in theaters at all either. I, I saw it on VHS, DVD, whatever it was, and and I would I, even back then I was like, where have I? I've seen that guy before. Uh, yeah. He was also in. He's done a number of video game stuff. He's done a n- number of animation stuff, and but yeah, I, I was trying to think of like what was the most uh, important thing that I saw him in that I could bring up. But yeah, no. Um, with the plot, the plot is so great because, like you were saying, Peter just doesn't care anymore after oh, yeah. he's hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, I, I just love, like, the beginning before he gets hypnotized and he gets bugged about the memo. And it was just over and over and over Didn't again. Didn't you get the memo? Like, <laughs> you need to cover shit on your TPS reports. <laughs> now, does that have to ask, does that actually happen in an office? You know, you, you have yes. office experience. Does that happen? Yes. Uh, we oh, have bullshit like God. that all the time. Oh, God. And just he did so well portraying just the exasperation and the frustration and just the look on his face. He was classic. It was just like, oh, this poor man. Immediately, you know, even in the first scene as he's driving to work and putting up with the bullshit, my my sympathy level was through the roof. I'm like, oh, God, this poor man. But just, yeah, constantly getting bugged by that. You could see. He's oh, leading to this point where he's just going to blow. It's just... well, and, and what I love about him is that he gets to the point, he goes in, he sees the two consultants, and he tells them all this bullshit that's going oh. through the office. Yeah. And they decide they're going to promote him. I know. I was, didn't he, like, sit back, put his head, hands behind his head, and, like, his feet up on the table? Yeah. Yep. Like, and I was just like, oh, my God, he's so brazen, you know? <laughs> I just, I love that. And I, even... I will tell you that that was me in my exit interview when I left. Really? Yes, I was That's just kind of like, awesome. you know, I, I sat back and I told him, I says, you know, they they go, well, why are you leaving? I says, I got better pay and better benefits, and you know, I can't stand the job, you know. Oh. I, and I actually told them that. And they're like, oh, I, they go, well, did you have any problems with management? And I says, not my current boss, but the one previous to her. Yeah, I had a problem with him. He was an mm-hmm. asshole, and I basically said it straight out like that. And she's like, oh, oh. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I figured. You know awesome what? What are they going to do? Awesome. Fire me? I'm on my exit interview. I'm leaving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's great. I love that whole like. Sounds like someone's got a case of the Mondays, and just like. <laughs> yes. I remember, like, actually, for like after seeing it the first time, I remember saying that quote for quite a while after that. I mean, that was the thing to say, you know, after Office Space came out. Oh you yeah. Got a case of Mondays, but just the, his whole like frustration level building with each scene you could see it and it just <laughs> it was just so great i was curious you know coming into it again okay what's gonna happen here because i'd forgotten the plot so i was like okay what's this you know, what's gonna happen here how is this going to progress you know you could just see him just <laughs> starting to blow and it was like hmm what's gonna happen this is gonna be good well, and to move to move forward on that, since I know we've been kind of covering all the bullshit that's happening in the office around around him, he Peter finally discovers that his friends Michael and Samir are going to get cut. They're going to get fired. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, I got this great idea. Well, you know, Michael, you're talking about having that little that little virus, the computer virus that would take fractions of a penny and throw it into an account. Well. Let's use that and we'll take a couple hundred bucks, you know, we'll take a couple thousand dollars from the company and nobody will be the wiser. Mm-hmm. Except it backfired. <laughs> yeah. 
it was it was what like a hundred or three hundred thousand or something like that that it stole over five thousand I think yeah I over say. a weekend yeah oh like, Jesus yeah and that was mm-hmm. kind of like oh shit <laughs> uh-huh. uh but you know of course they they go through and some of the best scenes in the film are when they're all three leaving the company mm-hmm. yep and Peter goes he goes Michael you got to come with me. He goes, I got a gift for you. And they go out to the field yes. and beat the crap out of that fax machine. Oh, that was awesome. That was so awesome. <sighs> I love oh. it. And of course, you hear like this violent, you know, this violent rap music that's going yeah. on where they're beating the, the crap background. out of it, which just was, <laughs> it was so perfect for that. I love that. Oh, God. And then at the end of the day, when they go back to Peter's out Peter's apartment when they're all leaving Samir says back up in your ass with the resurrection <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god and honestly it's not that I dislike the actor um that's all I need from that is that character saying that and I will remember that oh. guy forever yes oh, <laughs> Oh, God. I thought he was hilarious again in the beginning scene where, you know, it goes to Michael Bolton, you know, rapping in his car. And then it goes to him. He's he's all pissed off and pounding the steering wheel and cussing. And it was that immediately. I was like, oh, this is funny. He's going to be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the scene where they were beating the shit out of that that machine. That was awesome. Oh, and of course, everything does kind of fall apart for Peter. I, I love when he finally discovers he he goes he goes to the party for the guy that got hit. Tom, yeah. yes, yeah, Tom. <laughs> you know he decides that he's going to try and commit suicide, and then you know his wife comes out and catches him before he before he dies, and he's backing out of his driveway and gets hit by a junk driver. Boom! Six figures. Yeah, you know. I love the jump to conclusions, Matt. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, I wish car accidents like that, drunk drivers or whatever else, I wish insurance companies would act that fast in the real world. Yeah, yeah right. never actually happens. Exactly. Oh, he was such a great character, though. I loved him. He was just so sweet and jovial. You know? Yeah. Filing even through, you know, he's like broken from top to bottom. You know? Oh, yeah, he, he's got his head stuck in traction, <laughs> you know, the screws through his head holding him straight upright. And he's just smiling with a shit-eating grin. It's just like, oh, oh yeah. what a start. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the, the one of the best parts is when – God, I can't remember his name. The blonde guy from the office finds out that oh, – yes. You know, he finds out that, oh, yeah, everybody's fucked her. Hell, yeah. even Lumberg fucked her. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of ruined Peter's day at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course he's thinking. You know, he he's like getting all pissed off, and then he realizes, "Oh shit! I've told Joanna everything about the money that we kind of stole." Yeah. Well, was that after he told? Was, was that after the Lumberg reveal, or was that before? That was after. No, it was before. Well, it was kind of like all one conversation. Yeah. Because yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Because he he told her about it. And then he went off on her about the Lumberg thing, and then she's like, yeah, "Well, at least I right. didn't steal that's all this right. money." Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and he was he was kind of explaining that oh, we didn't steal it; we just kind of took, you know, a, a quarter of a fraction of a penny. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you stole it. 
I well, remember it was a little weird, like how that if how that all kind of came about. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, we do have Joanna who finally gets all pissed off because we have to mention what was his name, Chip. No, Brian. Brian, excuse me. He reminds me of like a, a chipper, chip, you know, a chipper type of character. Mm-hmm. Fucker. <laughs> oh, God, I, yes. Yeah. I hated Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's the kind of guy who you just want to slap the shit out of when he comes oh, up to totally. your table. Oh, he's the kind of guy that you don't even want to shoot with a shotgun. You just want to take the shotgun to the back of his legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. He's got, well, well you know, Brian's oh. got 37 pieces of flare. Oh, God. Oh. You want well, me to have more flare? <laughs> then make 37 the minimum. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'll see. Oh. Now, here's a little tidbit of information, a little bit of trivia, which I, I'm going to kind of break this in a little bit here. That manager that Joanna deals with, mm-hmm. he, his name doesn't actually show up in the credits as who it actually really is, mm-hmm. but that's Mike Judge. Yeah, oh, really? that's what I figured, yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike oh, Judge okay. always has, he puts himself in all of his movies. Oh, okay. And you just never really realize it. I, I forget what role he was in um, Idiocracy, but I know that when he was in Extract, he was one of the line workers, and he makes like this whole speech to everybody, and it was oh, pretty good. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, she goes off, she like gets all pissed off, she finally quits, and you know, you finally do see her and Peter reconciling, and and of course, she's working at Flingers now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I love the fact that with Milton, you know, when they finally decide they're gonna, you know, Peter's like, Shit, "What am I gonna do? I'm gonna give up the money. I'm gonna turn myself in. You know, so what if it means that I'm gonna end up in a minimum security prison? You know, getting fucked up the ass." <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. Okay, I can deal with this. He goes to turn the money in, slides the thing under Lumberg's door, mm-hmm. and then it's like, "Oh shit." No, 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 no! Give me back the envelope. He's like trying to get it back out, and he's like, "Screw it, I'm, I'm dead," you know. Yeah. And he walks away, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to deal with consequences." Mm-hmm. And Milton walks into his office, finds the envelope. Well, and- this is after the office opens because Peter went there at night when it was closed. Yeah. 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 So this is after the this is after Inatech opened up for the day, and Lumberg hadn't come in yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. uh, he's trying to find out – he wants the stapler. Stapler. Yeah, that yes. – my stapler. No, you stapler. My swing <laughs> stapler is my personal stapler, and I, I, I want to keep it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I – and if – for those of you who want one, you can actually buy one. Think Geek sells them, so if you're really oh, looking for a red swing line stapler, you can buy one. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, it's just – I mean he goes through all that, you know – Milton comes in, finds the envelope, discovers that there's traveler's checks that are unsigned, and mm-hmm. steals the money and sets fire. Because throughout all the bullshit that Milton has gone through, one of the yeah. things that he keeps muttering under his breath is, I'm going to set fire to the police. I'm going to burn yeah. it down. I'm going to set fire. Yep. To the, and, and I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll burn the whole place down. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, Peter. Peter goes to find out, you know, he hears that, you know, he's coming back into work to try and see if he can talk to Lumberg, you know, the next morning. And as he's pulling up, oh, shit, there's fire engines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything kind of just solves itself. Inatech burns up. Uh, Milton, basically, you know, he made good on his threats. 
Uh, Peter, you see him actually finding a new job, which yeah. I love is that he's working with Diedrich Bader you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're doing construction work. They're scooping up demolition stuff. And you actually see him out at the site of Inatech scooping up stuff at, at the end of the movie. Yeah. And he sees the red swing line stapler that's kind of melted and he pulls it out and he goes, I got to keep this. I know someone who would want it. Yeah. Which was sweet. I thought oh, that yeah. was sweet. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Samir and Michael drop by. They're, they're like, hey, you know, we just got a job, a job over Inatrode, which mm-hmm. let, let's be honest. That's how some of these names are. You'll, you know, you'll hear Future Inatech. Tech and then Max Tech and, you know, yeah. Inatech and, Inatro, you know, Inatrode and Inweb. You know, yeah, yeah. they're all pretty much they're the same company. Of... Yeah. But the very, very end of it, I love it because we actually do see Milton. And yeah. He's on the beach in Mexico, and I, you know, yep. I, 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 I ordered a mai tai, and and you brought a margarita, mm-hmm. and I said no salt, no salt, and there yep. was salt all in the rim, and you know, yeah, I, I you know, I, I'll have this place closed down. I have it condemned. I, yeah, I, the I, waiter I ignored him and yeah. walked off, and he's just like, oh, this poor man. He's just, yeah. I'm sorry, Nobody. he's not a poor man if he's sitting on the beach no. in Mexico. No, no. <laughs> no, but he's treated fair. He's treated pretty poorly for the most part he of the is. movie. So I think it yeah. makes you feel sorry for the creep. You know, it's just he's creepy, but oh, it yeah. it just kind of makes you wonder. Okay, he's you know once again he's getting shit on. What's he gonna do to you know? Is he gonna burn this resort down? What's he gonna <laughs> do? You know, <laughs> he'll put cockroaches oh. in the food and then have it there condemned. You there you go. There you go. Oh yeah. It's kind of nice how that ended because even um, Peter was happy at the end. You know, yeah. It, yeah. it the irony of him cleaning up, you know, the job that he hated. You know, cleaning up the remnants of it, and he seemed genuinely happy to be outside. It was like, okay, you know, he didn't get the money, but everyone kind of, you know, the other guys got their good job. You know, um, so it, it was neat how it all kind of came together and worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to send you this link for putting in your, in your show notes, but I've just found the history of the red stapler. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The myth during the production of the movie office space, the production designer, Edward T. McAvoy had to solve a problem, how to make a stapler that was so special that the film's character Milton would absolutely not allow his stinking boss, Bill Lombard to steal it from him and keep it. How would one said production designer do so? Well, by giving Milton a fire engine red swing line stapler, of course. With this idea in his head, he called up swing line and asked if they made such a stapler. They unfortunately did not. McAvoy then asked, well, do you mind if I use your logo on the side of a stapler? I'm going to paint red. Swing line did not mind. So McAvoy took four staplers down to a local auto body shop and told them to... Make them, make them perfectly painted just like you'd paint a car. Their handiwork can be seen changing hands throughout the movie. Office Space was released in 99, as we know, and it's not until 2002 that after many requests from movie fans, Swingline decided to create and sell a red stapler. It was in July of that year that the company began st- started selling the Rio Red 747 business stapler. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I have a swing line that was actually my grandfather's and it's dirt old and it's it's gray and black. Now I'm I'm thinking about getting it spray painted red. 
that they that they honored that because you know this movie just reached so many people and oh yeah you know it just that's great i want to go out and find a red one i wonder how much it is on ebay i'm gonna ebay that item yeah i, I want to say that it's like it's either like 15 or 20 bucks through think geek which i don't think is unreasonable for no for, no for what it is yeah, for a specialty but, stapler, sure, yeah. sure beats paying you know fifty dollars a freaking moose glass from freaking yeah. Christmas vacation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's not go through that fiasco. <laughs> yeah. So let's exactly. let's dive into some of the trivia here because Mike has kind of kicked it off here with the stapler info. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to no. steal the. No, steal that's perfectly the fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a nice segue in. Yes. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that I did want to cover here. Orlando Jones, since we mentioned him and since I like him so much, uh, mm-hmm. he had his character in this film, he based it on his niece. Uh, basically what would happen is that his niece would sell Girl Scout cookies door to door with this shitty attitude. And so that whole, hello, I am on drugs. I was on drugs. I have started selling magazines to help get myself off of drugs. Yeah. You know, that whole attitude. That he pulled straight from his niece, who was like, "Hi, you want to buy Girl Scout cookies? No, thank you. <laughs> Goodbye." <laughs> you know, so I, I, I laughed at that. Uh, That's funny. One of the other things that I laughed about: Did you happen to catch where Peter lives? No. The Morningwood Apartments. Oh, oh God! <laughs> yes, I saw that, and I just kind of like. No oh, wonder God. Lawrence was always watching Channel 9. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, I love that Lawrence. chick's back on Channel 9 again. <laughs> did we mention Lawrence? No, yeah. we haven't. We no, didn't. we haven't mentioned Lawrence. Lawrence was, I, as much as I don't care, for, yeah, as much as I don't care for Bader's Batman voice as Lawrence, he was pretty awesome. Yes. He was pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. I love the whole redneck, you know, man after every sentence. You know? yep. <laughs> talking through the wall. This is awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, Lawrence, can we pretend that we don't actually have to do this through the wall and, you know, you just come over? Over. Oh, <laughs> shit. You want me to come over? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Great. Uh, something, else, I, something else that was – I didn't realize this until I saw this in trivia notes. And when I went to watch the film, mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised by this. Uh, where you see – the copier scene, where or the the fax machine scene, where they're beating the crap out of the machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Bolton actually never strikes the device. Oh no, he doesn't. You see him like it's implied, but you never actually see him hit it. You're right. I believe he does kick it though at the end when they have to drag him away. Yeah, I believe his foot. Yeah, his foot does touch it. So, but you yeah. never actually see him. Right, I mean, it's implied, but you know, you never actually see him physically kicking it or damaging it. So oh, I wonder why. I wonder why they. I couldn't huh. say on that one. That's a little weird. Maybe it was just an editing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TPS report, the infamous TPS report. Yes. Uh, in the final cut of the film, the abbreviation TPS is never actually said what it is. I was going to ask you. <laughs> However. I do happen to know. Oh, really? Uh, TPS is used in the software industry to stand for Test Procedure Specification. Oh. Uh, it's a set of steps that's used by QA testers, quality assurance testers, to follow in testing a given software feature. 
Uh, now, given this meaning, however, the TPS report would have little to no sense in the way that they were using it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Mike Judge Hurt has said, after numerable inquiries from his fans, uh, that he meant yeah. the abbreviation to stand for Test Program Set. Oh. Uh, huh. So, okay. I actually, believe it or not, we have... We don't call them TPS reports, but my new job actually does have something like that. So, mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not actually called a TPS report, but it's, you know, we, we use it for testing procedures for QA. So, mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, oh, know. and of course, because Mike mentioned it for the start here and he posted up on talking about my generation links on Facebook, the infamous PC load letter. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this error uh, is actually a message that the printer was out of or not recognizing the refill of letter-sized paper. Uh-huh. Uh, PC stands for paper cartridge, and older model HP LaserJet printers would commonly display this error. Mm-hmm. Uh, this error also appears if you're trying to put a non-standard size of paper, uh, like uh, non excuse me non-standard sized project onto a standard sized letter sized paper. So right. mm-hmm. for example, if you're trying to print something out that would normally be, you know, 11 by 14, you're trying to print it out on an eight and a half by 11, you might uh-huh. get that error on an, on an older printer. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, there was that. And then, Oh, I actually do have the uh, credits for Mike judge. He's listed as William uh-huh. King in the, in the uh, credits for him, for his All um, right. boss at tchotchkes. Mm-hmm. That was great. So, she well, flips him off. That was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. And then she flips off the customers too, doesn't she? Before she walks out. Here, here's my flare. Here's my here's my flare. Everybody, see it? My flare. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, and I what I loved about this movie just as a whole too is that again my I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, but I don't really count that. I worked at the San Diego Zoo, and that was a wonderful job, the best job ever. But, you know, primarily I'm a teacher, but I could totally relate to just the different jobs and just telling everybody to fuck off and just reaching that point of just not giving a shit anymore and just telling everyone to fuck off. And, I, you know, that was something that just really endeared me to the movie was that they went about it in such a way that everyone wants to go about telling, you know, telling your bus boss to fuck off and, you know, dressing casually when you go into work and knocking over your desk and all that. Oh, yeah. They, they did everything that most people want to do <laughs> when they you know, go to work. <laughs> I'll be honest. When I left Cox, I was really tempted to just tell a customer to go fuck himself. <gasps> I almost did. Oh, Don't you know do you the think? customer is always right? Right. Except when the customer is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I have to say one more thing. One of the things that kind of tickled me was the scene where the two Bobs were interviewing um, Michael Bolton. Yes. <laughs> and they were talking about how much they loved being a Michael Bolton fan. I am a Michael Bolton fan, you know, and I love his songs. You know, what was it? They brought up uh, When a Man Loves a Woman or something yes. like that. <laughs> There's nothing more moving than when he sings When a Man Loves a Woman. Which one is your favorite? And just I, I, I kind of <laughs> like them all. Yeah. <laughs> and just, he had kind of the same look on his face in that scene. 
that Peter did throughout the entire movie. It was just yeah. classic. It's just like, I am a Michael Bolton fan. It just, oh, I wonder if Michael Bolton got like royalties or something from this movie. No, you can't because of the name. Because of the name, yeah. I wasn't sure. They, they didn't play this, any of his songs at all during the movie, did they? Nope. No. no. Oh, no. Oh. No, no, no. No, <clears throat> no I, I think people would have ripped their, you know, ripped their ears off if they'd heard Michael Bolton singing <laughs> in this movie. Oh, it just oh the cheese factor and just it was cheesy but it was hilarious and everyone brought something to the table in this with their personalities and I just it just came together so well for me. I loved every character. It just it's just such a hilarious movie. It's Yeah. It really is. I mean it's just oh. it's so it's one of my favorites, you know, partially because I can relate so well to yeah, it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yep. Uh, I love the end song, Take This Job and Shove It. That yes. was... <laughs> and, you know, since we're at the end here, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to Talking About My Generation. Uh, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes. Send us a tweet. Uh, I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, Spurs Out. Uh, I am at Mommy of 3C Girls. And, Mike, I know you have one as well. Yeah, TFG and Mike. Okay. Uh, you can also send us email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, so if you want to leave us feedback, please do. And we're going to go ahead and sign off this episode here with Shove This J-O-B by Cannabis, straight from the Office Space soundtrack. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah.
slave gigs. The boss is favorite to get placed in something spacious. While the most hated get placed in some small cubicle spaces or get thrown down in the basement. Get to sleep the confiscated. You constantly waiting for a paycheck. Twelve months pass by and you still ain't get paid yet. Here's an optimistic motto. If you ever late for today, you can say you early for tomorrow. Most nine to fives are hard because the description of the job ain't no picnic in the park. People get hired. Drink coffee to stay wired so they don't get tired. Sleep late and get fired. 